makes me intolerant and whatever. But I'm telling you, we use all kinds of code words in the apostolic movement to label people and or to keep people at bay or accepting or all those things, you know. Well, a lot of times the term let's have unity is code for you sit down and be quiet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah un- and unity is happy talk. Yes. You know, yes, we, yes, we, or when that meeting great and you can't, you can say, you know, you, I mean, if you would say no, because I think we missed it, you know. Um, you're being critical. Yeah, you're, you're being critical. You're not, and, and I don't think you do it to be critical. I mean, that's not, but can't you say, help someone make a correction and say, I think you missed it here. I do it with my young ministers. You know, I tell them, you know, if they preach, how did you do? I'm not being critical of them. I said, I, I think you should have stopped right here. We if I never say that, how am I going to help them? Well, they may reject what I say, exactly. and then they're exited out of my life. But I think we do that. I think we do that for each other, uh, or we should. I want people to be able to speak in my life and say, "Shine out, I, I don't think I would do that. What does the scripture say? Sweet as a rebuke of a friend, or the rebuke of a friend is sweet, but the something of a stranger is bitterness or something. Yeah. But the, I think it's in Proverbs, the scripture talks about it, that when someone loves you enough, and I said it last night, I've said it for the last two days, love me enough not to let me go to hell. Yeah. yeah. If I've missed it, say I missed it. If, if I've got an attitude problem, tell me I've got an attitude problem. If, if I'm not living right, Tell me you're you're missing it here. What what's going on? You you're, you know what you preached was pretty, but I mean it was just shallow as it could be. What what's wrong with you? Don't don't just pat me on the back to keep a friendship alive, and let me go to hell as a result of it. Yeah, yeah. But we're so thin-skinned nowadays. We don't want we don't want our friends to say, hey, you're not your spirit's not right. There's something in your spirit that's off, man. You, you're not, let's go pray a while. There's something wrong here. Yeah. We don't want anybody to do that because, again, we're more image conscious than we are identity conscious. Well, when you flip that, you're, you're, you're more identity conscious. You want people to let you know. And, and I mean, my, my bishop has rebuked me while I was yet preaching. Come got the mic and just laid the thunder to me <coughs> in front of God and everybody. Yeah. But I want to be saved. Yeah. And and I want to be used. Yes, I do. Sometimes it's not just about being saved. Sometimes no. it's about making those corrections. And if someone's not there to do that, you know, I, I've been teaching on Genesis 49 where uh, Jacob is giving basically reading of the will and what each person's going to be. And I've I told my church over there, I said, you, you talk about identity, you're going to have an identity. I know, I know we talk about image, but everybody's going to have one. What tribe are you going to be a part of? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be unstable as water like a Reuben? Are you going to be as angry and cruel as Simeon and Levi? Or no, not this Levi, but, or are you going to be a, a Judah? You know, and there's more to come. But I said, there's tribes everywhere. There's tribes in churches. There's tribes in organizations. There's tribes among ministers, mm-hmm. and it's important to me when you talk about a future, what tribe I'm going to be in, I'm, I want to be in the right tribe, and who's in my tribe? 
Yes. You know, so, uh, and, and if you look at the, if you look at them going into the promised land, you know, now, now fast forward a little bit, when you talk about tribes, you know, and you talk about somebody speaking in your life, you know, 12 tribes went in to spy the land, right? Mm-hmm. And, and 10 gave a evil report and two gave a good report, right? So we have 12 tribes going, do you know what the missing tribe was? Because there was actually 13. Right. I mean, because we have Ephraim and Manasseh. Yeah. The missing tribe was the tribe of Levi, yeah. apostolic authority walking in the promised land. The other 12 tribes went, and because they, mm. they came back with an evil report because there was nobody to say, by the authority of the word of God and the man of God, we're going in. And so that was the only tribe that was left out to spy the land. So... And they didn't, they didn't enter in because they didn't have a man of God in their life. I, I, so I, what I'm saying is I want that rebuke. Yeah. You know, I want, I want someone to, to say, hey, you know. Um, you know, we've lost a generation or two of elders that would do that. Oh, yeah. You know, there, there are some we could start naming names and telling stories, but a friend of mine preached a general conference service, and the next day at lunch, one of those elders who's passed on now saw him in the buffet at a restaurant in town and came, got in line behind him and sat down at his table without an invitation. And he said, when that man sat across the table from me, he started lamb-blasting me, rebuked me for everything you could imagine, mm-hmm. told me how puffed up I was. He said, yeah, you had a little service last night and you got to preach a little bit at general conference and some people shouted and ran the aisles and you're, you're feeling so puffed up and arrogant about what and I mean just railed on him. Wow. He said I sat there and let my food get cold just started crying yeah. and then that elder looked across the table at him he said now you've passed the test and if you'll stay this broken after God uses you that powerfully you'll be valuable to the kingdom. But that elder died that man did not heed that, that lesson mm-hmm. and today is as far removed from truth and apostolic things as anybody you would ever know. Mm-hmm. And we've lost a generation of elders who wouldn't put up with that. And, and when, when they started passing away, we started seeing an uptick in people who did not want to take the long way around. Mm-hmm. Always looking for a shortcut. We want church growth. We want, we want demonstration, but we don't want submission. We want growth, but we don't want sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we look at those people, we tell their stories. It's that Brush Harbor generation stories. It's the World War II generation stories in the church that we tell. Mm-hmm. But we don't tell what, what it took for them to have those stories. Sacrifice, ridicule, mocking. We've gotten successful and... We're trying to become like the Judeo-Christian world, and all the while they've been trying to figure out what's made us different all these years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, and it's, I guess my point is, yeah. there's got to be a generation of, of men that are at an age, or either a time in the kingdom. It's not necessarily age, I don't think, but I think it's kingdom that step up as elders 
and say, this is what we're doing. Was it Peter that said, I withstood Paul face to face? Or Paul that said, Paul said, I withstood Peter face to face because yeah. he was wrong. Yeah. And it's it salvaged Peter. Yes. He doesn't disappear from the pages and he writes and, <laughs> you know, I mean, it doesn't, uh, it, you know, it, it actually, it actually helped that someone could look and say, hey, hey, don't do that, you know. Um, yeah, it was Paul, somebody that wasn't there when we didn't walk with Jesus and Peter did. But again, and on the flip side of that, Peter able, like you said, to take that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, that's a near mark of an apostolic. You can take. You can you. take it. Yeah, you can. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, Jesus rebuked. Jesus rebuked Peter. Yeah, you know, and then trusted him to lead the upper room. Yeah, right under your hand and the keys. Uh, the Peter, Peter got rebuked quite a bit <laughs> all the time. <laughs> But, but it was to his salvation, mm -hmm. you know. And even Jesus, when he goes, comes out, he says, Lovest thou me more than these? He said, Yes, Lord, you know. He said, Lovest thou? I mean, to me, I just don't think that was, you know, it's like, I don't really believe you. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's a different different time. And, and I think it, I, I just think part of becoming apostolic is, is, is connecting with Jesus and then connecting with those and his message and then those that that are, are, are walking the same way you're walking or direction like you said everything's directional you know in the kingdom yes and so if I can if I can walk the, the right path with some others so any last thoughts uh, anything you feel like not me got anything so we're, we're, we're this generation, you know, uh, obviously you're, you're a little bit younger than us. So, um, you know, what would you, young pastors, young ministers, what would you say about where you're connecting? Would you, what would you, what would you suggest to, we have a lot of MIT yeah. and, um, you know, different groups. What would you, and you're going to be, both of you are going to be talking to some of them uh, this evening, but what would you, what would you encourage them? For that generation, because I'm not a millennial. Get a man of God in your life. It's like we're talking about um, the worst. The in my generation, the biggest mistake that I see, and again, I've cut the majority of them out of my life. But those that can't get a a man of God in their life that will that is apostolic and that will deal with them when they're wrong. Um, I, they they fall by the wayside. They don't they don't last. Uh, it, it it takes it. You you gotta have you gotta have that covering um, of a pastor, but you also have to have not not just peers. You gotta have men of God in your life that are elders that are that are apostolic. Because uh, Pastor Sullivan's my master, and he has <clears throat> has been now for a long time, um, and he understands even. But Shelton and I's relationship and how close we are, and and I see that. And I have friends that come to Fort Smith, and they look at that and they say, "How does you know? How does Pastor Sullivan allow you and Brother Shelton to be as close as you are?" Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, "Well, Brother Sullivan's apostolic, and he understands the one. He understands the fivefold gifting, and he understands uh, what it takes to be saved. You know, it takes more than." 
it takes more than just, it takes a pastor for sure, but it takes more than that too. You gotta you gotta surround yourself with people like you said that are that are going the same direction as you. And I've got I've got more coverings than that. I mean, I consider you a man of God in my life that has full authority to rebuke or whatever you need to do at any time. And uh, I've said the same thing to guys like Dennis Fuller and, and Bishop uh, Todd Nichols and some men in my life that I that I trust. I trust their. Uh, I don't have to worry about them. I don't have to wonder what they're going to be preaching. Yeah. If hell comes to breakfast tomorrow. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so you, you've got to find men uh, in your peer group and in the generation ahead of you that have that and stay close to them and and be humble enough and be able to receive a rebuke. I've, I've been rebuked by Brother Sullivan a few times and Brother Shelton, even the same time, at the same time by both of them from time to time. It just, but it takes it. It, 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 it takes that to, to be saved. Uh, I want my family yeah. to have that kind of covering. I want, I want my boys. I've got three little boys. I want them to be, you know, the next generation of apostolic authority and, and uh, gifting on what I consider would be the end time revival. I, I'm, not, I'm not scared to have kids in this day and age. I have friends all the time that are scared to death of it. In my opinion, I'm raising I'm raising three of the greatest preachers you're ever going to see, or that's at least right. soul winners, or whatever. Right. And they're going to be in the generation that's that's great. We got and we got to have them. Yeah, you know? so yeah. They, might, they might as well come from me that I can put the right stuff in them and surround them with the right people that will put the right stuff in them. So I'm I'm a firm believer in authority in in, in our generation um, and a relationship with God. I mean, obviously. If you're if you're not gonna pray, then just just quit. <laughs> <laughs> just go to the other church down the street or something. Go sell sod. If you if you're not if you're not going to have a relationship with God, it's not you're in the wrong you're doing the wrong thing. Especially from talking to ministers, like you said, like it just it all starts there. And if you're not if you're not gonna spend time, we're jealous about our, our time. We're jealous about our time on what we do, whether it's play golf, whether it's work, whether it's whatever. If we can be jealous about our time in all those other areas and we can't be jealous about our time that we spend with him, we're not worth our weight. I mean, it's just, it's you, you, that has to be a, a the focus of everything you do is not church, it's not even ministry. Those are all byproducts of that relationship. And, and again, I probably never would have got there had it not been for having the right men in my life to to, to push my face in the carpet at times. But it takes it, and uh, those are the, those are the two things that it doesn't matter where you are if you're a teenager or if you're a thirty year old man with a family. Mm-hmm. If you can get those two things right, yeah. you'll make it. I agree with that. I agree with that. Well, and and elders need to quit waiting until. Young men are gray-haired to affirm them and validate them. If they're an apostle at 20, tell them what they are and teach them and impart to them and disciple them and train them. Quit trying to turn everybody into a pastor or a teacher. Mm-hmm. If we believe in the fivefold ministry, then that principle, there's so many principles in Scripture that we just forget, play like they don't exist. 
But the scripture says, train up a child in the way you should go. Well, the principle there mm-hmm. is, when they are young, train them correctly. Yeah. Quit, y'all do it here at Mattoon. Quit waiting until they're 50 to start teaching them. You're an apostle, you're a prophet, you're a pastor, a teacher, an evangelist, and I'm going to connect you with some of these people, and I'm going to pour into you as your pastor, and, and I'm going to let you have influence, like he's talking about, from other people that have the same gifting that you do, and we're not going to wait because we don't have another 80 years. No. Yeah. We don't have 75 years. I, I'd be shocked if we got 10. Yeah. So, I mean, if you think about it, who, what generation is going to turn the world upside down? We in our 50s and 60s and 70s or those in their 20s, 30s, and 40s? I hope all of us are involved at some point, but the, the physicality of what's going to be required it's these young people that are going to do the, they're going to be on that front line. Yeah. It isn't just going to be gray-headed and bald-headed people out there. No, they're going to be, you know, that's where Paul says, you have not many fathers. I mean, fortunately for me, my dad's 82, and I've, I've had him as a father in my life, and if, if something would happen to him before me, uh, then I'm going to have to have another father in my life, but not many fathers, but many instructors. Mm-hmm. And yes. people connecting to the right people that can help instruct you. You know, why 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 do we have to try to reinvent the wheel on some of this? You know, because either guys are afraid or they're afraid to ask or we're afraid to connect them to some other ministry or person. You know, um, I think instruction is, is the key to, you know, and, and, and all those connections, you know, make a difference. So I'm going to shut up after this, but I am going to You know why elders don't make room in the kingdom for young people? Uh-huh. Because a lot of times we don't want to give up our kingdom. Ooh. If, if we didn't see this as our kingdoms, we'd have no trouble sharing it with that next generation of leaders. Wow. Wow. He gave us citizenry, and we decided to take ownership. I think your dad's an exception to that rule, especially yes. within, you know, my, um, in our ranks. You know, I mean, I, I don't remember the exact age we talked about it. Just the involvement of, of you and all your, I mean, your family's involved in everything, obviously. But other ministries, it's not on your staff. Or it's on your staff that's not involved in your family, or they're not a part of your family, but they're involved in all this. Like it's my wife. And were, oh, my wife and I were talking about it last night. The, you've got kids that come to the altar the Holy Ghost and they and, and they're being I, prayed I, through by I, kids I guess it's I guess it's John and Michaela that's doing that but kids are going and they're praying through kids of the Holy Ghost and that's that is I mean that's that's just a testimony to some of those practices that we're talking about that's been put in place at Apostolic Center now we gotta train the next generation of apostolic leaders and, and like you said why are we waiting till they're gray in their head and you know, or or their grandma. You know, you know, we here here we we, we put them we put them to work. You know, it's kind of like I was talking about youth choir. I mean, that's not that's just not going and singing. Every every young person here, my desire is for them to be a part of the youth choir. I, I I get very upset when when people aren't a part of that because they miss the point. It's not about singing. It's about traveling, managing your money, hygiene. You know. Yeah. Uh, uh, getting along with people, praying people through, you know, learning to, to be anointed, 
let the anointing flow through you, testify, preach some, you know, those that are, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I guess, I guess we don't, you know, we don't train people from early ages, and I'm glad that you said what you said, and I think I feel the same for Malachi. God giving you those boys, God giving you those two girls, and your son, I tell people all the time, someone said, and I think I was mentioning this at the Arkansas meeting, I said, you know, from day one, I looked at Nixon and said, you're a man of God, you're used to God. God gave you to us. And same thing with Ripley, and then you ministered to Ripley and Cordero, you know, last night. Uh, you know, I, I, don't believe in, I don't believe in coincidences. No. And so we start training our children. Well, my, my, my son, he's not going to be a part of this. He's going to be a... Of this or that or mm-hmm. you know whatever and look you know um, I've got a I got a different I got a different deal deal for you yeah you know you're you're gonna be right involved in what I'm doing what I'm doing you know and Jesus even did he said is this not the carpenter's son there are those when the tradition says that Jesus was a carpenter but when he came to his ministry his heavenly father, his that business is what picked up. He did both the business of his fathers. And so, you know, I, I, I think, I think, you know, it starts at home. It starts, you know, even even if they are going to be the mayor of the city or an engineer or a doctor or a yeah, researcher, solid doing it. Absolutely. You are called to ministry. Your your first deal here is is your apostolic. You've been raised in an apostolic home, and you are going to have apostolic ministry in your life. I don't know all what it looks like, but it's going to happen. And uh, we I, I I believe we believe that principle here. Yeah, I actually do. Well, it's good. Well, thank you, Brother Patrick Bayless, for sitting here and being patient with us, and. Uh, appreciate our church and our people and so amen thank you brother Shelton thank you brother Jensen I appreciate you spending this time amen God bless you Apostolic Center we love you